Good morning. Today's podcast is our last of the Summer of Heroes. Of course, our heroes this week are the Stripling Warriors. First off, what does Stripling mean? Well, if you look it up, it means young. So how old were they, do you think? Well, I wondered that too. And although we don't have a scriptural answer for that, I did find some interesting thoughts in an article in a 1992 Ensign um, column called I Have a Question. And in that article, he said, I had long supposed that Helaman's stripling Ammonite warriors were roughly 20 years old which is the minimum age for Israelite soldiers according to the Law of Moses. He then does some Book of Mormon analysis to see if that would apply in this case. He says, The people of Ammon fled to the Nephite territory, settled in the land of Jershon. Honoring their oath, they were not able to assist the Nephites in ensuring war against the, in the ensuing war against the Lamanites. Ten years later, in the 25th year of the reign of the judges, another war broke out. The following year, some 2,000 young men from the Ammonite group marched to war under command of the high priest Helaman. These stripling warriors, it seems, could have ranged in age from approximately 20, going by the Mosaic rule, to approximately 22, those who could have been around the age of seven when the oath was taken in the 26th year of the judges. Three years later, 60 more young men from the land of Jershon joined the ranks with their comrades, perhaps having recently qualified by age for military service. Thus, in the 13th year, when Helaman wrote his long epistle to Moroni, it seems possible that his youngest soldiers perhaps age 21, and his eldest, 26. I thought that was interesting. So what do we know about these young men? First off, their parents had buried their weapons of war and did not participate in war from that point on. That means these young men grew up in families that did not have weapons and did not participate in war leaving their children untrained in weapons and in warfare. Using the formula covenant-keeping righteous mothers plus covenant-keeping righteous fathers equals stripling warriors, we get an idea of why these young men, though not trained, were so outstanding. In Alma 53, 20-21 we read, And they were all young men, and they were exceedingly valiant for courage, and also for strength and activity. But behold, this is not all. They were men who were true at all times in whatsoever things they were entrusted. They were men of truth and soberness, They had been taught to keep the commandments of God and walk uprightly before him. It's interesting that these 2,000 young men chose for their leader, Helaman. Now you remember, he was the spiritual leader at the time. And they knew, obviously, that if God were directing them and they stayed true to him, it would all be okay. In Alma 57:27, we learn, 
Now this was the faith of these of whom I have spoken. The, they are young, and their minds are firm, and they do trust, put their trust in God continually. So they battle, and all are wounded, but none are killed. And they eventually win the war. Why? In Elma 56, 6, it says, or, yeah, let's go to 5. Therefore, it suffices me that I tell you that these 2,000 of these young men had taken their weapons of war and would that I would be their leader, and we have come forth to defend our country. They had a strong spiritual leader and hoped that they would win. In Alma 56, 27-29, And now it came to pass that in the second month of this year there was brought unto us many provisions from the fathers of those my 2,000 sons. And also there were sent 2,000 men unto us from the land of Zarahemla, and thus we were prepared with 10,000 men and provisions for them, and also for their wives and their children. And the Lamanites, thus seeing our forces increase daily and provisions arrive for our support, they begin to be fearful and begin to sally forth, if it were possible, put an end to our receiving provisions and strength. They had the support of their dads. Elma 56, 47 through 48. And now they had never had fought, yet they did not fear death. And they did think more upon the liberty of their fathers than they did upon their lives. Yea, they had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt, God would deliver them. And they reassured unto me, rehearsed unto me the words of their mothers, saying, We do not doubt that our mothers knew it. They had been taught to have faith. They knew their mother's testimony was unshakable. And it came to pass that there were 200 out of my 2,060 who had fainted because of the loss of blood. Nevertheless, according to the goodness of God and to our great astonishment, and the joy of our whole army, there was not one soul of them who did perish. Yea, and neither was there one soul among them who had not received many wounds. The goodness of God blessed them. It says in that verse, according to the goodness of God. You know, we often talk of the armies of Helaman and the 2,000 stripling warriors, but maybe we just skipped over the fact or didn't know there's actually 2,060 stripling warriors. In verse 6, And it came to pass that in the commencement of the 29th year we received a supply of provisions and also addition to our army from the land of Zarahemla and from the land round about to the number of 6,000 men besides 60 of the sons of the Ammonites who had come to join their brethren, my little band of 2,000. And now behold, we were strong. Yea, and we had also plenty of provisions brought unto us. So those 60 joined the 2,000, and notice what he says. Now behold, we were strong. There's strength in people. Who can we add to our circles? Who's missing? Elder Holland said, I ask everyone within the sound of my voice to take heart. Be filled with faith. Faith. 
And remember, the Lord has said he would fight our battles, our children's battles, and the battles of our children's children. And what do we do to merit merit such a defense? We are to seek diligently, pray always, and be believing. Then all things shall work together for our good if we walk uprightly and remember the covenant wherewith we have covenanted. The latter days are not a time to fear and tremble. They are a time to be believing and remember our covenants. And then he goes on in this talk to tell this story, referring to his childhood on a large Idaho farm. Brother Barris spoke of his nightly assignment to round up the cows at milking time. Because the cows pastured in a field bordered by the occasionally treacherous Teton River, the strict rule in the Barris household was that during the spring flood season, the children were never to go after any cows who ventured across the river. They were always to return home and seek mature help. On Saturday, just after his seventh birthday, Brother Bear's parents promised the family a night at the movies if the chores were done on time. But when young Klein arrived at the pasture, the cows he sought had crossed the river, even though it was running at high flood stage. Knowing his rare night at the movies was in jeopardy, he decided to go after the cows himself, even though he'd been warned many times never to do so. As the seven-year-old urged his old horse banner down into the cold, swift stream, the horse's head barely cleared the water. An adult sitting on the horse would have been safe. But at Brother Barris's tender age, the current completely covered him except when the horse lunged forward several times, bringing Klein's head above the water, just enough to gasp for air. Here I turn to Brother Barris's own words. When Banner finally climbed the other bank, I realized that my life had been in grave danger and I'd done a terrible thing. I had knowingly disobeyed my father. I felt that I could redeem myself only by bringing the Counts home safely. Maybe then my father would forgive me, but it was already dusk, and I didn't know for sure where I was. Despair overwhelmed me. I was wet and cold, lost, and afraid. I climbed down from old Banner, fell to the ground by his feet, and began to cry. Between thick sobs, I tried to offer a prayer, repeating over and over to my father in heaven, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm sorry, forgive me. I prayed for a long time, and when I finally looked up, I saw through the tears a figure dressed in white walking toward me. In the dark, I felt certain it must be an angel sent in answer to my prayers. I did not move or make a sound as the figure approached. So overwhelmed was I by what I saw. Would the Lord really send an angel to me, who had been so disobedient? Then a familiar voice said, Son, I've been looking for you. In the darkness, I recognized the voice of my father, ran into his outstretched arms. He held me tightly, and then gently, I was worried. I'm glad I found you. I tried to tell him how sorry I was, but only disjointed words came out of my trembling lips. Thank you, darkness, afraid, river, alone. Later that night, I learned that when I had not returned from the pasture, my father had come looking for me. 
When neither I nor the cows were to be found, he knew I'd crossed the river and was in danger. Because it was dark and time was of essence, he removed his clothes down to his long white thermal underwear, tied his shoes around his neck, and swam a treacherous river to rescue a wayward son. My beloved brothers and sisters, I testify of angels, both the heavenly and mortal kind. In doing so, I'm testifying that God never leaves us alone, never leaves us unaided in the challenges that we face, nor will he so long as time shall last or the earth shall stand or there shall be one man or woman or child upon the face thereof to be saved. On occasions, global or personal, we may feel we are distanced from God, shut out from heaven, lost, alone in dark and dreary places. Often enough, that distress can be of our own making. But even then, the Father of us all is watching and assisting. And always there are those angels who come and go around us, seen and unseen, known and unknown, mortal and immortal. May we all believe more readily in and have more gratitude for the Lord's promise as contained in one of President Monson's favorite scriptures, I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left. My spirit shall be in your heart, my angels round about you to bear you up. The process of praying for those angels to attend us. May we all try to be a little more angelic ourselves with a kind word, a strong arm, a declaration of faith, and the covenant wherewith we have covenanted. Perhaps we can be emissaries sent from God when someone perhaps a primary child, is crying, darkness, afraid, river, alone. And that's the end of that quote. Maybe we can remember those stripling warriors, the 60 that were added, and now we were strong. And look to how we can strengthen and lift and rescue someone in our circle. We, can we be the angels on this side of the veil? And together, now we will be strong, so the challenge picture, post a picture on, on our text list of some sort of rescue or rescuer that fits in with, and now we were strong, and explain why you chose it. Have a great week, everybody, and remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.